Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. You know, you're kind of the talk of the town. Oh, this is going to be good. I'm Michelle Maju. And I'm Kate Maju. And we're married to each other. And this is the Ball Blast NFL Podcast. Each episode, we will feature the latest top news in the NFL and what it means for fantasy football, sports betting, and you, the NFL fan. Hey, hey, welcome into the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast. Ow. I'm your host, Michelle Majuk, researcher for NFL Network and fantasy analyst at NFL.com. And I'm Kate, NFL just Kate guru. Yeah, Kate Majuk. Um, we do share a last name. Uh, wife of Michelle, my co-host. And uh, editor-in-chief behind the Steel Curtain, the Pittsburgh Steelers website for SB Nation. Of course, fantasy analyst for PFF and Yahoo Fantasy. And we're here to discuss week four, the roller coaster that has been the Zach Moss ride. (laughs) Yeah, is this, can we just call this the Zach Moss podcast? podcast. Yes. I mean, we have been waiting for this moment. It's all our entire lives. Some people wait a lifetime for a moment. Yeah, Zach Moss is finally good. Ow! It's been a it's been a blast. <laughs> we might only get one more week. No, you it. know what, Michelle? Uh, we'll we'll talk about it later. Yes, but there's talks that Jonathan Taylor still wants nothing to do with them Colts. Okay, nothing. I, I hope so, but we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. We do, we're going to go through all of our positional rankings. We're going to talk about quarterbacks, running backs, wide receiver, and tight ends. So much to discuss for week four. It's been a really fun week two and week three for fantasy. After week one, where there's like no fantasy scoring at all, week three like killed it with so many guys going off. You know who went off? The Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I mean, them. if you had any Miami Dolphin, you're pretty much. It was happy. a good week for Dolphins. Like in gen- not a good day, not a good week for whales, not a good week for sharks. Dolphins, they owned week three. Oh, okay. All right. Well, with your dad joke there, we're gonna jump right into the quarterback rankings. Quarterback? I hardly know a. Oh my god. So right at the top of our quarterbacks, we have the usual suspects. You're playing your Justin Herberts, your Josh Allen, <laughs> usual <your> suspects, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts. I also I have Kirk Cousins as my quarterback three. You have him at quarterback six. Right now, he is the top quarterback scorer on the year, and he has a really nice matchup against the Panthers. You keep playing him. There's no reason to sit him. He is the only week. quarterback who has had three top five performances in each of the three weeks of the fantasy football season. Obviously dependent on your scoring system. Yeah. But Kirk Cousins, man, like, you know what's great about the Vikings? There's no defense. Yeah. Never to be heard of. And Kirk they Cousins. They always have to score points. They always are in a position where they need to score points. And that is the beauty of the Minnesota Vikings. And that's also like Kirk Cousins is not a bad quarterback. I stand by it that Kirk Cousins is one of the most underrated quarterbacks, both for fantasy and the NFL. Well, he is. He doesn't do anything bad. Um, and he is a really good passer. He just doesn't make those electric plays where he can get out of the pocket. Imagine like, yeah. if he were traded to the Jets. 
I mean, my Garrett Wilson fantasy shirts would be very happy. But we'll talk about your Garrett. Right now, I'm happy with later. Kirk Cousins with the Vikings. Uh, so you keep playing him, and then from there, though, this is where I think we can start helping people with our advice. We have Anthony Richardson ranked yeah. very high. So you have him at five. <laughs> I have him at six. And this is the thing. People are worried about playing him. I think they're forgetting about how good he was for fantasy. And a very, very small sample size, I'll give you. Like, he's played just over five quarters. That's the thing. So we're both super high on Anthony Richardson. He was in the concussion protocol for week three. So still, didn't, he didn't play. He's progressing. It sounds like he should be ready for week four. But I would like to remind everybody who is just nervous about Anthony Richardson, which I was tepid at best when it yeah. comes to Anthony Richardson, just because of my concern based on him as a passer and whether or not his rushing would really be enough to supplement that. Anthony Richardson, Anthony Richardson scored 17 fantasy points in just over a quarter in week two or yeah. In week, week two. two. Yeah. yeah. In week one, he had a great game over 20 fantasy points. It's been, he's played just a little over five quarters in the NFL and already has gotten into the end zone four times and has put up 40 fantasy That's points ridiculous. over those five quarters. It's not just that he's shown that he's an exceptional athlete and that his speed is faster than the other NFL players. Cause that's something to be shown, right? Like we all thought Trey Lance was an exceptional athlete, except it turns out he was just an exceptional athlete against FCS players <laughs> and not against NFL players. Anthony Richardson has shown that he's not just a great athlete against college players. He can beat outrun NFL players as well but also he's looking really good as a passer like there's nothing to hate on him as a passer so I'm gonna far. be honest though like in the preseason watching some of the the reads he made some of the mistakes he made I was a like I was kind well, of it was CJ Stroud looked terrible in the preseason now he yes, looks great that is what is so bizarre the opposite of Kenny Pickett <laughs> Okay. okay, let's not go to Kenny but Pickett. We'll get into CJ Stroud in a little bit, but you play Anthony Richardson, yes. right? We have Tua still. Like, he has a tough matchup going into the Bills, but he just still – you play Tua, you play these Miami Dolphins every week because you know what they're capable of doing. They're going to have some down weeks. It's not all going to be amazing, but you just keep plugging in Tua. And then, Kate – yeah, I have Justin Fields as my quarterback <laughs> eight. Are you ready to get hurt again? I know you have him as quarterback 12. You're so you're still saying you can play him as well. I'm still saying start him. I'm just saying but if you have better options like Anthony Richardson, oh, yes. I would trust it at this point. Michelle, I would trust Anthony Richardson as a passer. Over Justin Fields as a passer by far. Yes. And that scares me a lot. So, so this is the thing with Justin Fields, right? I am over I am over it of him being a good NFL quarterback, at least with the Chicago Bears. Like, I don't think it's going to happen. Maybe he'll, you know, get a, another chance with another, another team and pull a Geno Smith out of his hat. But You were about to say butt. I wasn't. I was going to okay. say bucket hat, but I don't know. That why was, was very weird. Um, No, but actually, you asked me a very good question. I think the audience would love to probably answer this question hypothetically in their minds. Would the Bears – so let's assume this season continues as planned or as is planned for us, not probably how the Bears would want it to go. But let's presume they have the number one overall pick and Caleb Williams falls into their lap. Do they break Caleb Williams and his 
well, incredible spirit? Because I feel a, like they do. That's a discussion for the offseason. Yeah, I don't really want Caleb Yikes. Williams to go through this disaster no. franchise. But moving on to Justin Fields for this week, he gets the Denver Broncos. And no, I do not expect the Broncos to give up 70 points again or ever again in their life because 70 teams just don't score 70 points, right? And I do expect them to come out angry and mad and be a better defense this week. But it's not just Tua and the Dolphins that they allowed a ton of points to. The week prior, they allowed Sam Howell to score over 21 fantasy points. Sam Howell. Yeah, I really like Sam Hall, but I mean, he got destroyed by the Bills and he also looked really good against the Broncos. So I, I like the Broncos run defense is so incredibly bad. Just run run, run like you did last year. You had success. Run with Khalil Herbert, run with Justin Fields, run with Roshan Johnson and Justin Fields should have a good day. If Sam Hall can put up 21 fantasy points and Justin Fields can't, then it's time to drop Fields to your waivers. But I'm going to give him one more week. Another guy you're giving one more week is Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. You have him as your quarterback nine. I am down at quarterback 19. Quarterback six it. on the last last season. Um, um, what? Who cares? I, no, no, no. I'm, I'm just saying that, like, I think he, he got. He was not the quarterback six last year. Yes, he was. Okay. Absolutely. Well, because maybe one big week. Because overall, no way he was the quarterback six. In Trevor Lawrence game. was running a decent amount to boost his overall floor for fantasy so here's why i'm going back to the well i don't think this is a bad matchup going up against the atlanta falcons this week it's not like a great matchup it's not a plus matchup but it's a fine matchup now so far this season the the jaguars have not gotten off to a crazy start right like it hasn't been the prettiest start it's been pretty dang disappointing when you look at the addition of calvin ridley you brought Evan Ingram back. Like, you brought in another talented running back. Like, this offense has just looked off. But you look at Trevor Lawrence, and I don't think it's all him. He has had the second highest drop rate for his receivers. I'm not saying it's all him. Among all quarterbacks. Like, this whole offense has been off. Second highest in PFF passing grade. Second most big time, big time throws, which uh, just considered, like, excellent ball placement with like high upside throws, right? Like he is making big time plays. They haven't translated yet. I'm going to liken this to kind of like a the situation for wide receivers. Like we talk about uh, intended air yards, right? Like how many yards are you actually being targeted down the field? Because if you're being targeted down the field pretty often and, and seeing a lot of that volume and it's not coming to fruition, like generally speaking, that can be an indication that, a bounce back is coming. I'm going to say the same thing for Trevor Lawrence here. Cause I do think it's been like two years. I mean, now we're in his third year. He's supposed to make this breakout. It's been three meh games. That's who he is. He's a meh fantasy quarterback. No, this, and you brought no. up that he was the sixth quarterback last year. No, he was quarterback 11 in fantasy points per game. If you don't count Davis Webb and Sam Howell, which I won't because they started one game each. So quarterback 11 among actual starting quarterbacks last year. And it was right there with all the other quarterbacks. Like that's just who he is. He's a quarterback. If you want to start him, he could be fine. He but, could be fine. Uh, QB but I nine. Think, I, he's my QB nine in a think, fine matchup. I, no, like, I think the Falcons are a pretty good secondary. I think they're a fine secondary. I, like I said, Justin they're not Fields a versus Trevor Lawrence. 
I don't want to make any more bets. Well, you are making two bets every time. (laughs) And bringing up the bets, you owe me two drinks for last week. Okay, yes, I will take two drinks. Okay, so Zach Moss was a top 15 fantasy running back by far. He was the running back five on the week. So drink for that, which I'm happy you're happy. I'm sure you're happy to do that. And then Mike Evans easily outperformed Calvin Ridley. So now I am five first one on the season in these bets. So do you want to make the bet? Justin Fields. Versus yes, Trevor I'm going to double it down. Okay. Can I double? We're doing two bets every episode, so you got to decide what they are. Well, no, I, I know, but I want to make this worth two. No, it's just one. Fine. Justin Fields versus Trevor Lawrence. Fine. One yeah. bet and Easily going Trevor Lawrence. Here. Another guy that you're trusting is Sam Howell Sam against Howell. the Eagles. I do, you know, I came into the season really liking Sam Howell. He had a couple good games to start Michelle, the year. A couple good games to start the year, and then he faced the Buffalo yeah, Bills, which so are a, It was so bad. But, Michelle, like, we know that – no, 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 no. We know that, like, bad quarterback play does not necessarily mean bad fantasy quarterback play. Like, there's plenty of room there. But the Buffalo Bills are a force to be reckoned with. I genuinely think – this is going to be a top three defense come the end of season. Okay, but Sam Howell against pressure is so, so, so bad, right? And the Eagles have one of the best defensive lines in the league. So why is Sam Howell in Philadelphia going to have a good game? Like, I, I just expect it to be just as bad as it was in Buffalo. I, I think that's very fair, but this Eagles secondary, like, I know. But Baker just sucked against this Eagles secondary. And Sam Howell is basically Baker. I think Sam Howell has more upside right now than Baker. No offense. Um, this Eagles secondary, even more banged up than it was last week, though. So slot cornerback Avante Maddox out with a torn pec. Then you have Justin Evans, their starting safety, suffered a neck injury on Monday Night Football. I'm guessing he's out. The back slot, slot cornerback, Sidney Brown, also out with a, a hamstring injury. Like, this... Eagles secondary is incredibly banged up, allowing the six most fantasy points per game through three games. Again, small sample size. Um, second most passing touchdowns per game uh, to through the first three weeks. Mac Jones had three passing touchdowns. He was a QB two in week one. Like I'm just saying, this is this secondary is in worse shape. I know it's going to be a very harsh. You know, it's it's a divisional game. This is going to be tough, but. I also think this is a tough matchup for a lot of quarterbacks this week. No, yeah, this is a rough week for quarterbacks. That's why I really like C.J. Stroud against the Steelers. I'd be playing C.J. Stroud over Sam Howell 100 times over 100 times. My worry, though, do you remember the – it was a primetime game. I can't remember. Thursday, Monday, whatever. Sam Darnold, that game, I think it was against the Patriots where he was seeing ghosts. You remember that? Mm Mm-hmm. That is what I'm scared of for CJ Stroud. I'm no, scared he's going to see ghosts. I think he'll be fine, right? Jimmy Garoppolo scored nearly 18 fantasy points last week against the Steelers, and he threw three interceptions, and he looked terrible. The thing with the Steelers is they're very much bend, don't break. They're allowing the fifth most total yards per game. They're going to get their sacks. They're going to make CJ Stroud make mistakes, and I'm sure they're going to win the game, right? But CJ Stroud has been good even in losses against the Colts they lost 31 to 20 and he still put up over 21 fantasy points because he's going to have to throw a lot 
and the Steelers are allowing a ton, a ton of yards to wide receivers. They really can't stop them. I mean, if Levi Wallace is covering you, you're welcome. You are getting a wide open catch. And, like, don't get lost to the fact, like, Levi Wallace, Pittsburgh cornerback, two interceptions last week, like, basically put the game on ice, right? And he still almost lost it for them at the same time because Devontae Adams was literally just running free in the secondary. Yeah. Like, I mean, zero Jacoby coverage. Myers was running free. This is what happens every week. So Stroud has been looking really, really good with Tank Dell, who we'll bring up later, and Nico Collins, and even Robert Woods. Yeah, he hasn't even thrown an interception. I do expect that to end this week. But he's scoring back-to-back weeks. He's had back-to-back weeks with over 20 fantasy points. I do think C.J. Stroud is a viable option this week. And I, I would much rather play him over Sam Howell. I'd rather play him over Trevor Lawrence, honestly. I, like, I can't make a, a bet on the same position. I feel like that's just, like, too much. Um, but if I had a second quarterback bet, I would make it Sam Howell over C.J. Stroud. All right, let's do it. We can have extra Again? bets this week. Yep. Extra bets this week. I don't want to lose more. One last quarterback I want to talk about before we get to our running backs. Both of us are low on Deshaun Watson this week. We know he finally, finally had a good week with the Browns as a Cleveland Brown. He put up his first good passing day. But we both have him at quarterback 18 on the week. And we're just not expecting too much against the Ravens. So it was against the Titans last week. Do you know how hard it is to not look good against the Titans secondary? Like, Every quarterback is going to look good against the Titans. I would have a career day against the Titans. And, like, they're really good against the run. They're really hard hard against the run. Really, really easy Mm -hmm. to throw against. But even against the most – probably the worst secondary in the league, Watson still didn't even record 300 passing yards, and he still didn't even have more than two touchdowns. Like, this dude's just never going to put up a huge day, I feel like, with the Cleveland Browns. His ceiling's not high enough to risk playing him in this tough of a divisional matchup. The Ravens defense did get destroyed by Zach Moss last week, but they've held up, you know, they held up in the passing game over the last three weeks. Joe Burrow even only put up 15 points against them, and I know he's been dealing with injuries, but like every week they're not allowing a lot of passing yards. They're not allowing fantasy points to quarterbacks. I do not expect Deshaun Watson to have another good Fantasy day. Even, la- I mean, last week's great day was not that good of a fantasy day. He, two touchdowns and 200-something yards. It's not, like, spectacular. No. I. Like, it's fine. I, he had zero interceptions. You'll take it. He doesn't have the same upside, though. Like, what was what was his overall fantasy finish last week? Do you know? I don't know. Probably, like, QB 10 if I had a guess. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of what you're going to expect from, like, him just on a ongoing basis. My only concern this week is that Ravens, like, across the board, offense and defense, this entire team feels like it's being decimated by injury right now. Like, Marcus Williams, uh, what, I think a, a peck in, like, every everybody on both sides of the ball feels injured. That ha- Like, that's kind of been the case to this point in the season. Like, through three games, they've been pretty banged up already. So, they haven't let it get to them, I don't think, so far to this point yeah but- and you did see it in the run game but like again Deshaun Watson against the Titans against the Titans was the quarterback nine that was his amazing week that was his first great week where everyone's so excited about him he was a quarterback nine in fantasy last week and that's what you're going to be selling like and, settling for yeah well and that's if I mean that's your ceiling right against the Ravens is that he does what he did last week I 
And I think it's going to be much worse than that. I'm not starting him this week. I'd much rather start a guy like CJ Stroud, Jordan Love, Anthony Richardson. Like, there's other options there to start. Let's move on to our running back rankings. That's enough talking about quarterbacks. So, again, we're not going to jump into these top guys. You're going to start them. They're, your CMCs, your Bijans, he's fine. By the way, one down week, he'll be fine. Tony Pollard, Kenneth Walker has been killing it. You're playing Travis Etienne. I do know that Josh Jacobs has not been as good, like pretty bad actually, but he gets the Chargers. You're going to play him. I do want to bring up Derrick Henry, right? We both still have huge trust in Derrick Henry. We both have him as our running back seven. But there are a lot of people nervous about Derrick Henry. They're saying he's washed. They're digging his grave for him in the NFL. And I'm not really understanding that. Like, I'm not worried about his – it was a terrible day. He had two fantasy <laughs> points against the Browns, but the Browns are a really, really good defense. Here's the thing, though. He's been facing good defenses through, like, the first three games against well, the Saints – Against the Titans, against the Browns. Well, no, I think Saints and then the Chargers, so an easy one. He plays. Oh, sorry. Saints. Yeah, obviously. Um, yeah, I none of those are good good matchups. Like Well, against the Chargers a nice one. Eh. Well, he put up eighteen and a half points, so he did what he like, needed to do against a it's good matchup. Fine. And against the Saints, he had thirteen point nine points. It was one poor performance and everyone's like I still don't even think board. I still don't even think the Chargers are as good of a matchup to target against running backs as they were last season. Like last season, it was you start the backup running backs against the Chargers because they were that bad of a rushing defense. I don't think they're as bad this year, but I do think like yeah, the Saints. The let's throw out the Chargers, but the Browns. Like those are two really tough matchups that I would kind of expect this inefficiency from. But you have that inefficiency in the setting of his age 29 season, which obviously has people very concerned. And I'm like, he's still getting volume. Like, I, I don't think that you can. Well, it's, all, be it's all because everyone's so worried about a snap count. Like it's, it's been going around that Tajay Spears is playing a lot of snaps and Derek Henry's snap count is very low. Don't get me wrong. Right. Much lower than what we're expecting, much lower than the other guys. But this is the part everyone's leaving out. Derrick Henry leads the NFL in percentage of team touches this season at 46.7%. So by a good chunk. So like CMC's next at 43.8. So it's by a good chunk. So that means the snaps he's sitting out, he wasn't going to touch the ball anyways. Yep. His touches are not getting taken away. It's just they're giving him a rest on plays that they weren't going to give him a touch anyways. And his touches are still right where they've always been. He's going to be a dominant force moving forward. And I'm not worried about the Bengals that he has to face this week. Like uh, Nick Chubb, I know is great, but he averaged nearly six yards per carry against them. In week two, J.K. Dobbins averaged over six yards per carry against them. And then the Rams last week, yeah, they did hold Kyron Williams to 3.8 yards, but like that's actually pretty good for Kyron Williams because <laughs> his efficiency has been terrible. So that's about normal. This is not a scary matchup for running backs, and I expect Derrick Henry to have a, a great game again. Yeah, I think that's... Like, you just keep playing Derrick Henry. Stop being silly. And then moving on to two guys who did ball out last week. Raheem Mostert and Devon uh, Kane. How do we say it now? Uh, he just told the media. A chain. And I a chain. I think it's a chain. A chain. Uh, 
No, it was a chain, wasn't it? A, a chain. A, it was a chain, and now it's a cane. I think a cane. A and K. Anyways, he did just he, he you know he he a chan a chan God a chan. It says a chan. Okay. Anyways, we're gonna just say uh, Devin. Is that even how you pronounce his first name? I don't know, Michelle. I'm so my blood pressure is so high trying to pronounce. Okay. You know who we're talking about. The two guys who led the league in fantasy points last week. They went off, right? Now they have to go to Buffalo. Do you keep playing them? You definitely keep playing Raheem Mostert. We both have him in our top 10. He's been great for fantasy. And also the Bills have allowed a league high 5.9 yards per carry this season. And yes, you heard me right. League high. So even the Broncos. After facing Miami and getting destroyed by the running backs, they have not allowed as much as many yards per carry as the Bills have this year. So I, I think both running backs are fine plays. We both have Mostert ranked much higher than a Kane, if that's how you say it. We'll learn it. I'm very okay. sorry. I think it's Devon A. Chan. A. Chan. Okay. Maybe. A. Chan. We both have him ranked. I have him at running back 21, and you have him a little bit higher than that. So we're both saying you can play him this week for sure. It's just it's not going to be like it was last week. So don't get your hopes up there, but they're still good plays. And then also you play Kyron Williams and Zach Moss. I just wanted to bring that up. You already know that. But Kyron Williams had a down game last week. No running back has played more offensive snaps than Kyron Williams. You keep playing him. He's and then, running routes. He's doing everything. Like And Zach Moss has been fantastic. He's played two games this year and has had 20-plus fantasy points in each of those games. Mm-hmm. He is everything to this Colts offense, and they're going to keep using him that way. Moving on to other running backs that you might have questions about. Mm. Let's talk about Alexander Madison. Let's talk about it. So people are certain, for whatever reason, that – you know, this 2026 seventh round pick that they sent for Cam Akers. Swap season. 20, can we talk about that? How insulting it is. It's not this year. It's not next year. It's not the year after. It's well, 2024. It yeah. No. It's not 2024. Yeah. Yeah. It's three years from now when Cam Akers well, certainly will not be it's on also this team. swapsies so you don't even get a pick they're like swapping six round picks and seventh round conditional picks it's are, like swapping pieces of bubble gum like yeah. it does not matter people need to realize if alexander were to have gotten hurt their backup was ty chandler and mm-hmm. miles gaskin they had no depth they had a chance to get a free running back you take it a free running back that has experience in Kevin O'Connell's offense, which by the way, Kevin O'Connell was his offensive coordinator and he chose to play Sony Michelle and Daryl Henderson over here, him his entire rookie season when everyone was so confused why Cam Akers wasn't on the field because Kevin O'Connell didn't want him on the field. That's why. So like, yeah. I'm not worried about Cam Akers in the slightest. He'll but like, be- to be clear, like we just had even a more recent history. We just had Sean McVay have to make the same decision of who to play when Kyron Williams got the start. They literally like they, they had him on the plane before they even negotiated a deal. Ronnie rivers and Zach Evans are the backups. Like that is, they're like, you know what? We're good. Cam, like, don't worry about it. We got Ronnie. We've got Zach. Like they literally said, Dude, we're good, man. Yeah, they gave him away for free, and they have absolutely no depth. If That's Cameron the Williams biggest concern. Down. But Alexander Madison, everyone wants to throw this guy away for whatever reason. 
like in week one, 13.4 points. Like, that's a really solid RB2 week. Week two, it was terrible. And that one was on national television. And for whatever reason, everyone holds on to that and nothing else of the season. And then week three, 17.5 points, had another really good week. He's at RB19 on the season while bombing one of those weeks and having zero rushing touchdowns, by the way. He does have one receiving touchdown. But like, I, I do think the rushing touchdowns are going to come. This is an amazing matchup against the Panthers. Kenneth, Kenneth Walker scored 30 points against them. Tyler Algier and B. John Robinson both scored 20 points against the Panthers in the same game. And then even Tony Jones had two rushing touchdowns against the Panthers and put up 15 fantasy points. If you roster Alexander Madison and you don't play him in this matchup, I don't know why you even roster him. Yeah. I So, like, in Cam Akers' four seasons, right – um, obviously 2021 torn Achilles oh, like, cam makers. I'm just saying like he is not a threat um, 2021 and 2023 limited sample sizes right but each of those he has averaged less than 1.5 yards per carry like <laughs> you want to talk crap about Alexander Madison and his inefficiency averaging four yards per carry Maybe we should direct some of that energy to Cam Akers. That's all I'm saying. But I, I think Cam Akers, I'm going to continue to play him. Um, I don't think there's... Do you mean Alexander Madison? Alexander Madison. I think it's very much overblown. And yeah. I don't... I think it's kind of a groupthink thing where people are just kind of buying into you these You know what's narratives. funny is like people are still down to play Ramondre Stevenson, even though we've actually seen Ezekiel Elliott take so many snaps. We've seen Stevenson struggle... But that is like a no question for people. But Alexander Madison is like, ah. It's the, um, you know, that that thing where it's like, oh, like you can take this that you you know what it is. Or you can take this thing that it's probably not going to be anything you want. But it could be something you really want. Yeah. That's yeah. what Cam Akers feels like. And let's move on to Al- uh, Alvin Kamara. He's coming back this week. He had a three-game suspension. Are we playing him for fantasy? Are you plugging him into your starting lineup the first week he's back? He gets a pretty tough matchup against the Buccaneers. I know DeAndre Swift did well against them, but overall they're a tough run defense. Last season, Camaro was not the Elvin Camaro we know for fantasy. He had a few big games, but also had 10 games with you know 12 or fewer fantasy points in PPR, including five games with uh, fewer than eight points. It, it, his targets really went down once Chris Olave broke out. And his last three games against the Buccaneers, brutal. Five points, five points over his last two games. And then the third game away from now, uh, it was 16 points. You'll take that. But the last two games, five and five points. Like the Buccaneers have clearly know how to stop Kamara. What are you doing with him? I don't want to start him this week. And it's not – it's not even necessarily Camara. It's part to do with the matchup. But we also have to remember, so part of the news that we didn't talk about in our quarterback segment, because he doesn't matter for fantasy whatsoever, is an injury to Derek Carr, which probably will sideline him in week four. That means you have Jameis Winston in at quarterback, which means Mr. Yolo chuck that ball up. Like He has stopped doing that with he's, the Saints. But, that's fu- but like I, I don't see this being a – redemption game like we saw plenty of targets for Chris Olave we saw plenty of targets um you know for Michael Thomas Michael Thomas actually led uh the team in targets when Jameis Winston came in last week like 
I I don't see him necessarily leaning on Alvin Kamara the way that maybe a Derek Carr might. Yeah, I mean, and the matchup's not good. So like, I'm I'm tepid, but like, let's be honest. You probably if you've held on to him to this point, you drafted him. You might well, not is, even have the luxury to sit him. This is why I, I will have an article come out on Friday with my top sells, uh, sell high, buy low article on NFL.com. I have Alvin Kamara as a sell high right now. Uh, you never Before have, he plays the game? Yes. Players never have higher value, value. I mean, sometimes they do, right? Play like rookies and guys who break out. Obviously, their value can increase. But these guys with top-tier names, I feel like they really never have higher value than before they step onto the field that season. Everyone gets so excited about them. You have now held on to this guy through three weeks of suspension. People didn't want to trade for him before that. But now that he's coming back, people are desperate for running backs right now. You can probably go sell him to the Derrick Henry owner. Yeah, get Derrick Henry for Kamara because they're scared off of Henry or go trade him for one of the, the, uh, you know, a good wide receiver. I think right now is the top that Alvin Kamara's value will ever be for this season. And I would be down to go trade him because it's I I, I think he'll be okay. I just don't think he's going to be the Alvin Kamara people expect to be like a top 10 running back. He's aging. We've seen a decline, especially in his rushing production. I don't. There's not a lot of upside there, but you drafted him, but ugh, I don't think there's a lot of upside, especially in this given matchup. Let's talk about two guys who have been absolutely pointless for fantasy yeah. so far this year. Brees Hall. Well, actually three guys. Brees Hall, <laughs> Khalil Herbert, and Najee Harris. Yeah. But Brees Hall and Najee Harris were actually drafted to be a big part of your fantasy team. Khalil Herbert was drafted later. So let's hit in Hall and Najee first. What in the world do we do with Brees Hall? Because he has faced the Chiefs this week, and the Chiefs have been a very good defense so far. And it's not just like Brees Hall has been putting up bad games. It's he all, like, he got us all excited in week one. I was not high on Brees Hall coming in this year. And then week one, I was like, wow, I was so wrong. Yeah. And I was eating into Brees Hall looking so good. And then week two, he didn't even put up one fantasy point. You know who and wasn't eating? Brees Hall. And then in week three, three fantasy points, he isn't doing anything. And in this matchup, is he even like, is he playable whatsoever? Or do you just got to keep him on the bench until you see it? You keep him on the bench. So here's, here's my pitch. So like, I'm actually, I don't think like Brees Hall, I trade for him in dynasty. I think that's totally fine. Schedule through the first three weeks. Brutal bills, Cowboys, Patriots, three rushing defenses that I want nothing to do with. Then he gets the chiefs fourth fantasy, uh, fourth fewest fantasy points allowed to opposing running backs. Then he gets the Broncos who just allowed a rushing bonanza to the Miami Dolphins. Great. Cool. Then he gets the Eagles and then a bye. No freaking thank you. And that's just looking at the matchup. That's not even looking at the fairly even split between him and Dalvin cook. He's had a couple of breakaway runs, 26 and 83 yards in week one. Like that was a big chunk of yardage, but Statistically, you look at him compared to Dalvin Cook, and it's not that different, right? Like, efficiency-wise, in terms of stuff rate, misforce tackle rate, in terms of rushing splits, like, these two are pretty much on the same page. I think you sit Brees Hall for now. Yeah, Brees Hall is really hard to start this week. But for Najee Harris, he gets the Texans. And if you can't start him against the Texans, then I don't 
know how he's even rosterable, right? Like the Texans are the worst run defense. They gave up the most fantasy points for a long time now. And if he can't do it against this defense, then I'm afraid he can't do it against any defense. So I I might – he's not – us giving him a chance, it's not because he deserves it, right? Like five points, five points, six points. Who would you rather start, Najee or Brees? Najee, because both have been incredibly bad for fantasy. But I do – Najee's matchup is so much better than Brees Hall's. He has to face the Chiefs. Najee gets the best matchup for running back. So – I, I think right now you can start Najee Harris because if you can in this matchup, you never can. And that's kind of how it is for Khalil Herbert as well. If you're holding on to Khalil Herbert onto your bench and you're not playing him this week, then just drop him to your waivers. I mean, not before this week because it's such a nice matchup. You don't want someone else to pick him up. But, like, if you can't – if he can't succeed against the Broncos' defense – then he's never going to succeed. So I do think the Bears are smart this week, and they well, that's giving them a lot of credit. But they should run a ton if they want to win this game with Fields, with Khalil Herbert, with Roshan Johnson, and against the Broncos, they should have success. I have them as RB29, and I think that's fair. You have them all the way up at RB17. You're very high on Herbert this week. Yeah, I might be too high, yeah, but again, this, so. is, this is me – I don't know. It's very hard because this backfield has very much been split like 50 50, even with Deontay Foreman coming out of the mix. He's been inactive the last two weeks. It really hasn't mattered for either of these two running backs because there hasn't been enough rushing volume to go around. This is me projecting that this is me trying. This is me projecting that the Bears have literal common sense and run and I think they should literally like 90% of their play calls should be runs against this Broncos defense while they're hit them while they're hot yeah you would hope so moving on to wide receivers we have wide receivers and tight ends to get through here we are hitting on all the tough decisions hopefully for you but at the top for wide receivers there's some rock stars that you're just excited to play every week Justin Jefferson and Tyreek Kill and Devonta Adams and Stephon Diggs, Keenan Allen, like is just a beast. You're plugging in AJ Brown. Season-ending torn ACL for Mike, Mike Williams, Williams for those. Oh, who I have heard. him in every league. It's very very sad, but that should only lead to more targets for Keenan Allen. But when it comes to Jamar Chase and T Higgins for the Bengals, Jamar Chase came through with a really big week in Week Three, his first big game of the season. We expect him you know, to be back to his old self, you keep playing him. But T Higgins, right? He has gotten a lot of targets Mm -hmm. and has done absolutely nothing. So Higgins actually has more targets on the season than Amon Ross St. Brown. He has the same amount of targets as Mike Evans this year, except for the fact that he's only come down with 10 receptions on the season. He's had eight plus targets each game. Michelle, that's only 10 more receptions than I've had yeah. all season. But this is the thing. They get the Titans this week. And mm-hmm. we were just talking about this with Deshaun Watson. Joe Burrow's going to look good against the Titans. Jamar Chase is going to kill the Titans. And I also think T. Higgins is going to have a good game against the Titans because everyone does. So I, I, I enjoy seeing the targets for T. Higgins. And I think it turns into production this week yeah I think that's fair um I mean T Higgins like the the volume has been there he has a higher drop rate than Kadarius Tony that is hashtag bad 
Is- but like I, I also don't I, I think that's relatively uncharacteristic for T. Higgins. Like the stone hands are going to come alive at some point, right? The opportunity is there. Like, I don't think you can sit T. Higgins, especially in this matchup. You just need his hands to wake up a little bit. Like smooth out. Like kind of like butter, but not not as oily as butter. Yeah, you like, don't want maybe you don't want it to be slippery. No, but like what's a, a soft object? Like dough, like pizza dough. Yeah, that would pizza be pizza dough. Uh and two guys that have been performing, way outperforming expectations are Amari Cooper and Michael Pittman. They both have been getting a, a ton of targets and have been producing. So Amari Cooper over the last two weeks, 90 yards, 10 targets. And then last week, eight targets, 116 yards and a touchdown, which it should have been more than that. But the refs kind of screwed him out of a long touchdown there. You, you keep playing him. And against the Ravens, I don't expect Deshaun Watson to have a great fantasy day, but I do expect Amari Cooper to have a good day. I mean, we've seen that. Many times before, right? Like even against the Steelers, Amari Cooper put up seven receptions, 90 yards. Sean Watson had a terrible fantasy day. You you play him. And then Michael Pittman against the Rams. Michael Pittman, 11 targets, 12 targets, 11 targets. And he's put up really good production. So I don't think it really matters who the quarterback is. Yeah, I mean, you love to see the fact that, you know. His best game was with Anthony Richardson. Yeah, you love to see that. Um, You know, and I, I think that the fact that there's, kind of little variability between Richardson like I Minshew I think that's only a good thing Pittman I don't like I I think the volume is there I don't know that I trust him as like a high upside option but I think he's going to be one of these guys you could throw in your flex and count on 10 to 15 points any given week plus some and he might not win you a week but he's definitely going to help you carry along your week and you like that receiver too yeah, he's just oh, I, I think he's very safe. I mean, at least so far this year, that's what he's shown. A guy that has shown that he's not safe whatsoever. And I need you to talk me into him. It's Calvin Ridley. Is he going to come back to life this week against the Falcons? His old team revenge game. Love it. I mean, he blew up in week one and now has completely disappeared over the last two weeks. I, I am being friendly to him this week. I have him as wide receiver 20. You have him at wide receiver 17, so not too much higher than I am. But we're both still saying he's a good wide receiver to play. Is that fair, or should we be having him lower? I'm going back to the same conversation that I had regarding Trevor Lawrence. I feel like, again, this kind of the, this whole offense has felt a little bit off. Calvin Ridley has kind of been a big part of that, unfortunately. Fifth highest drop rate among wide receivers with 10 or more targets. But I want to go back to the fact that 23.5% drop rate, that is bad, like very bad. But that is more than double his career average. Averaging over eight targets per game, like this is one of those situations where I, I do think that opportunity is there. This is not like this is kind of regressing to the mean, right? I, I, that's what I'm projecting. I think this is again, a fine matchup, not a great matchup, but again, you have that revenge game factor. And for a guy like Calvin Ridley, ultimate competitor, right? Like he's a guy that seems like he's taken, you know, his circumstances personally, and he wants to avenge them. Like that is the narrative with Calvin Ridley. And I'm taking it to heart that he's going to show that off against the Falcons. 
if nothing else, I feel like you want to root for Calvin Ridley against his old it's, team. It's right? hard to sit him because you know the talent, you know. And I do think if anyone has a good game in this game for their wide receivers, it will be Calvin Ridley. And you don't but think they're, they're going to give him a little bit extra opportunity, but like against his old I team? I don't think like, they care about that. But, you know, this is the one of the issues with the Jaguars is you have Christian Kirk and you have Evan Ingram, and we'll see if Zay Jones comes back. But – even without Zay Jones last week, Calvin Ridley did nothing. It's a risky play, but it's one of those like you you just keep playing. Tank Dell, I want to move on to him because you may have picked him up off waivers this past week, or maybe if you've been listening to our podcast, you've already had him on your team. Maybe you drafted him yeah. in the late rounds. Yeah, we love Tank Dell. Last two weeks, he's balled out over 20 fantasy points in each of those games. He's had a touchdown in each of those games, and he's led the Texans in targets in each of those games. And last week could have even been a big – he scored 25 and a half fantasy points, and he fell down – or he caught a ball and got tackled at the one-yard line. Like, it could have been a 30-plus point game for him. So, tanked out. Like, I know he's small, but he is proving – it doesn't the, matter. And very, very early in his career, it doesn't matter. It's and, kind of funny, though, because he's going against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who also have a very small wide receiver option in Calvin Austin, who has also done pretty well, just came off a huge bomb yeah, touchdown. Not even last, close to the same time. No, no, no. I'm just saying. Um, it, it's just kind of fun to see them, like, on each side of the ball. Fun to see. But Tank Dell, you've seen his target share increase each week. You've seen... The target share for Nico Collins, who had a really big week one, decrease in each consecutive week. Like, we're setting the stage for Tank Dell. And guess what? Yeah, like, they, they've they all come out. They said, C.J. Stroud said, go draft Tank Dell. Yeah, I mean, this Dell. goes with my C.J. Stroud take. Like, you can move the ball on the Steelers, especially with the wide receivers. I mean, Devontae Adams had 42 fantasy points against the Steelers last week in week one Brandon Ayuk had 33 fantasy points against them in week two Amari Cooper had 16 points and also just to add to the last week with Devontae Adams having 42 points Jacoby Myers just put up a solid 16 fantasy points as well uh, across from him so casual Tank Dell and Nico Collins are both good plays this week get them into your lineup uh, a pair of duos that I can't get on board with and it makes me sad because I was very high in the commanders. Coming you hopped off at the wrong time. I don't think so. You like both Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson still this week for fantasy. I do not. If anyone, I would play Terry McLaurin. Jahan Dotson's not being used anywhere in the way I thought he was going to be. All of his targets have been short. I thought he was going to be more of the deep guy. He hasn't gotten a touchdown yet. He, had, he led the team with seven touchdowns last year. Like I don't understand why they're using him this way, but they're not using him in a way that's good for fantasy. So I am off Jahan Dotson. I understand playing Terry McLaurin, though. I, I like Terry McLaurin better than Jahan Dotson. You know who I really like, and we can talk about him in a minute, Cole Turner, tight end for the Washington Commanders, who's um, been, like, very quietly productive. But, again, this goes back to the injuries in the Eagles secondary. Again, I know this is going to be a tough divisional matchup, but – I think the injuries are going to be a little bit more to overcome. These two have had a fairly even split in terms of like their target share and, and their involvement in the offense. So like I wouldn't be surprised if one of them, maybe not both 
have a really nice week. I I think Terry McLaurin is safer, but I I still have this feeling that Jahan Dotson is the higher upside option. Maybe I'm crazy. Yeah, I'm just not loving the way they're utilizing him. I hope so. Like, I hope you're right. I just, I'm not going to trust him in my lineups this week. If he goes off on my bench, fine. Cool. I'd love to see it. Maybe I can play him the week Here's after. Here's the thing. Like, I think this team has been, you know, focused on the run. You've seen Brian Robinson absolutely break out. He's been utilized a ton. They're not going to be able to establish the run against this defensive line. This Eagles defensive line is going to contain yeah, the run Sam very Howell's well. And Sam Howell's not going to complete a pass against this defensive line. He holds on the ball for 500 That minutes. like that, that might be a problem in and of itself, but I think if they have any hope of of getting things out, and Michelle, you mentioned like you're, you're not seeing targets for Jahan Dotson as far down the field as you would like, that's a perfect opportunity, right? If you're getting the pass rush, execute – short plays to Jahan Dotson as your first read. Eric He's going to keep passing scheme. to Cole Turner so he can get eight yards and do nothing after the catch. That's fair. Uh, Cole Turner, I, I think, is yeah fine option at tight end this week. One other guy I want to bring up before we get into the Garrett Wilson storyline because we'll, uh, we'll end with that for our wide receivers before we get into our tight ends. But I wanted to bring up Jacoby Myers. He's been really great. I mean, he's he missed week two with an injury, but week one and week three, 10 targets in week one, 81 yards and two touchdowns. In week three, 12 targets, 85 yards, seven receptions. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo loves Jacoby Myers, and he gets the Chargers this week. The Chargers have given up by far the most fantasy points to wide receivers this season and are allowing an insane 17 yards per reception to the position this year. So this is a great matchup. One thing to keep an eye on, Jimmy Garoppolo is in a concussion protocol, I believe. Or he, uh, We're not certain he's going to play this week. And I don't know. Aiden O'Connell looked good in the preseason. I don't know if he, like, Jimmy Garoppolo really likes to target Jacoby Myers. I don't know if that's the case with Aiden O'Connell. But if J- Jimmy Garoppolo is out there, you start Jacoby Myers. It's a great play. But let's talk about Garrett Wilson because I don't know what to do with this man. A lot like Brees Hall. Zach Wilson has come in and destroyed this. Any hope we had for Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall in this Jets offense. Again, it's a really tough matchup against the Chiefs. And he came through with a touchdown the first two weeks, so he saved his fantasy days. Last week did not score a touchdown and had just five receptions for 48 yards. What do we do with Garrett Wilson? I mean, I I think you – play him for now but why is... though why do you keep playing him against the chiefs like they <laughs> yeah it, they he's they're going to shut down garrett wilson he's going to have to make an incredible each of the two touchdowns he have scored he has scored this year has been an incredible play it depends on who your options are for example probably all of the wide receivers that we've just talked about. I would, like, if if I Jimmy would Garoppolo yeah. is playing, I'm playing Jacoby Myers over Garrett Wilson. Yeah. If Aiden Tank O'Connell Dell, is the quarterback, I'll, I'll yeah. still stick with Garrett Wilson. I'm playing Tank Dell. Yeah, I, I, obviously Calvin Ridley and Amari Cooper and Michael Pittman and T. Higgins. Like I, Garrett Wilson is buried in my rankings right now. Wide receiver 34 on the week. And he's your wide receiver 34. Wow, we don't even do these rankings Hey. Together copycat buried in both of our rankings so yeah we're we are playing many people over him I will say I think this is Zach Wilson's last week as the starting quarterback for the Jets I think the Chiefs are going to destroy him 
and embarrass him. And I think this is his last week ever as a Jets starter. And Jeez. we might see the Trevor Simeon show in week five. Nobody wants to see that. Listen, I do. <laughs> Maybe he saves Garrett Wilson because any other quarterback that Garrett Wilson has played with, Joe Flacco or Mike White, he's been good with. So let's see what he can do with Trevor Simeon because mm-hmm. it seems like Zach Wilson is by far the worst quarterback and including a lot of backups in this and all the metrics, like he's the worst. He needs to be out. <laughs> he needs to be done. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, once he's out, I'll consider starting Garrett I mean, Wilson God, again. Michelle, you don't need to bury him and like build his coffin. Well, I do think this is his last week. Ever right. Started. His eulogy. Well, he might start with another team at some point due to injuries, but um, this is his last week as a starter for the Jets. Okay. All right, moving on to tight ends to end the show. Listen, tight ends are disgusting. And we're only entering week four. Yeah. And thank goodness Sam Laporta is a thing. <laughs> like, thank goodness because, I mean, tight ends we thought were going to be at least safe this year, like uh, Dallas Goddard. And we thought Mark Andrews was going to be great. Uh, George Kittle. They, I mean, at least George Kittle came through with a huge week last week. But – it hasn't been pretty for a lot of these guys. So TJ Hawkinson, amazing. If you drafted him, you are thrilled. He is giving you everything you wanted. So his early draft cost, you're happy with. Obviously, Travis Kelsey every single week. Evan Ingram has actually been one of the best draft picks you could have made at tight end this year. He's done nothing special, but he's getting targets and is producing. That's all you can ask for. George Kittle finally came through last week. Brandon Ayuk was probably still banged up even if he plays, but George Kittle has regularly killed the Cardinals and Cardinals have been bad against tight ends. He should be fine. Darren Waller gets a nice matchup against the Seahawks. Do you feel good about him this week? Yes. Wide receiver one. Whoa. Oh, the Giants wide receiver one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn, not that much confidence. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're playing Darren Waller. You're playing George Kittle, Hawkinson, Kelsey, Laporta every single week. You plug him in. It's not a great matchup against the Packers this week, but it doesn't matter. He's been fantastic. Tight end three on the year. Yeah. We need to get into the top conversations though. Now what's going on with Mark Andrews? So here's my question. Um, obviously, like started off the year, missed week one, mm-hmm. had a quad injury, comes back in week two, and like has a touchdown. That's fine. Forty yeah, five like reception, okay. forty five yards touchdown. You'll take that. Then a week two against the Colts, four receptions, thirty five yards. You're like, like, like this is not Mark Andrews' numbers. This can be a lot of other tight ends, but you don't take it. You're people were drafting Mark. He's Andrews a third in round the guy. Second, third round. Yeah. yeah. I mean, people were drafting him as high as Kelsey and Hawkins and even higher than Hawkinson. You want those numbers, not even five for 45 and a touchdown. Yeah. You'll take the, but that should be your down week. That should be your week where people are like, Oh, okay. It was still good, but it's not like great. And this is the point that I wonder, like, is he not a hundred percent yet? And Again, dealt with that quad injury, you know, suffered in training camp, missed week one. Maybe he's he not had a 100%. lot of bad weeks though last year. I mean, I know he went off in 2021 and he led the league or he led all tight ends and re- receiving yards, even over Kelsey. But he had a lot of disappointing games last year and he was dealing with injuries again last year. So maybe it just all comes down to that. But unfortunately, he gets the Browns this week who have been. Do you know how many yards they have allowed to tight ends this season? No. Total yards to all tight ends. 26. 26 total yards. 
they have allowed to every tight end they've played against <laughs> combined, which is insane. And last year, Mark Andrews played against the Browns twice. One game, he had two targets for zero receptions, zero yards. I was like, oh, he had to have gotten hurt in that game. No, he played 56 snaps. He had two targets, zero receptions, zero yards. And then the next game, seven targets for three receptions, 31 yards, zero touchdowns in both of those games, played 56 and 58 snaps in those two games. So last year they knew how to contain him, and this year their defense looks way better. Yeah. I don't know if you can possibly sit Mark Andrews if you have him, but I I think it's going to be another really bad game for him. I think it's going to be a bad game, but this is one of those situations where you evaluate what other options you have. And I'm going to guess any other option that you could have at this point probably has the same range of outcomes. What about Luke Musgrave? Actually, I really like Luke Musgrave this week. Tight end eight going against the Detroit Lions. There's a possibility you could have picked him up off waivers this week or he might still be on waivers. Yeah. I mean, he shouldn't be by the way, if you have him and for sure, I'm playing him over a guy like Kyle Pitts. Get out of here with Kyle Pitts. I'm done with him. His, his going to be my question. His fantasy managers were static about 8.9 or 8.5 PPR. bad. 8.5 PPR points, like point per reception leagues. He scored 8.5 points last week and people were thrilled. Like, that's so bad. Like, this is how That's far, gaslighting is at its finest. This like, is how far the bar has fallen for Kyle Pitts. Like, last week in, or in Luke Musgrave's third ever NFL game, he scored 10.9 points in PPR. And nobody was celebrating him. And it was against the – the Saints are the hardest defense against tight ends since the start of last year. Like, they do not let – I bet you if you were to go look at what tight ends do, Luke Musgrave is probably second on that list of the most points scored against this team in a single game since the start of last year. So what he did last week was impressive against a hard defense, and he should have had another 40-yard touchdown included in there, wide open. Jordan Love just terrible throw, throws over his head. It should have been an easy open touchdown and Luke Musgrave would have had a hundred yards and a touchdown, but already you'll take six for 49 against the hardest tight end defense there is. Okay. But question. So I actually have a, like a real, a real question that you might be faced with this week. Say you have Mark Andrews, right? Mm-hmm. And you drafted him in the third round and then you come out and in one of the final rounds of your draft, you, you draft rookie tight end Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta, I have ranked as my tight end five on the week. Uh, you have ranked as your tight end seven. Who would you feel more comfortable starting this week? Sam Laporta, easily. So you would actually recommend benching Mark Andrews for Sam Laporta? Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't love either matchup. I do think the Packers are a tougher matchup as well. But I, I do think Cleveland's going to shut down Mark Andrews. We haven't seen this offense clicking. So, yeah, and I, I'm playing Luke Musgrave over Mark Andrews this week. Okay. Because the Lions have a lot. That's who the Packers are playing this week. It's Thursday, by the way, that they're playing. So get him in there. But, A, Luke Musgrave plays pretty much all snaps. He played 62 of 71 offensive snaps. In Just to be clear, he is a wide receiver with a tight end designation. In yeah, fantasy literally. But he gets to face the Lions. The Lions have allowed a league high 25 receptions and 263 receiving yards to tight ends Ooh. this season. 
No other team has allowed even more than 200 yards of tight ends. And you might say, well, they face the Chiefs. Yeah, without Travis Kelsey. (laughs) That's even sadder. They have done all this, allowing all this, and they didn't even have to face Travis Kelsey. Imagine if they did. Imagine if they faced a healthy Travis Kelsey. These numbers would be insane for what they've allowed. So I think this is a great matchup for Luke Musgrave. He's always on the field, and I – I think his ceiling is just really high this week. And I don't think his floor is any lower than any of these other guys, including like we're talking about Mark Andrews being a disappointment. Let's get into what in the world is going on with Dallas Goddard. So he's played all three games. You know, we know in week one, zero yards, yeah, zero receptions week two. He at least saw seven targets, but it turned into six receptions, 22 yards and week three. He again saw seven targets. Five receptions, 41 yards. He's scored zero touchdowns so far. He gets the commanders this week. They've been pretty good against tight ends since the start of last year. And they have also been really good against tight ends this year. I'm playing Luke Musgrave over Dallas Goddard. But what do you have? What do you do with Dallas Goddard moving forward? I think you hold him. But luckily, like Dallas Goddard is a guy you probably drafted in the sixth or seventh round of your fantasy drafts. I think you can relinquish a little bit less or or a little bit more guilt like you don't have to feel as guilty sitting Dallas Goddard for Luke Musgrave because the difference in draft capital not nearly as significant Dallas Goddard was kind of one of the values in terms of all these tight ends that stunk up the place so far this season like I I think you hold Dallas Goddard. You do not drop him. I think his upside yeah, you don't drop in this him. offense. With given, the tight ends being so gross. Yeah, like there's there's no reason to drop him. But if you have a better option, if you have a Sam Laporta, if you have a Luke Musgrave, I think it's very fair to start them over Dallas Goddard at this point. But I also, like, I, I think it can be any given week that Dallas Goddard kind of wakes up. Like, you saw in week one, they had just a single target. He was running all the routes. Like, he wasn't losing work to other tight ends, so you felt fine about that. Came back out, and you saw a very concerted effort immediately. Like, it felt like that entire first quarter of that that game against Minnesota was just Goddard, 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 Goddard. Like, it, they were compensating. I think things are going to start to even out. I, I don't know if it's going to be here in week four, but – Again, you stash him, maybe play a different option. Like, you are not locked in to Dallas Goddard. He's a seventh-round pick, probably. Like, if you have a better option, play the better option. And hold, because you know that the upside for Dallas Goddard, very high. And this is an offense that will score a lot of points. And, like, the beautiful thing about this offense is I feel like we haven't even seen it to its full potential yet. No, we definitely haven't. And I'll, I'll say just to end here, keep an eye on Logan Thomas's practice uh, reports this week for the commanders. If he's out again with the concussion, then Cole Turner yes. is a viable play. I, I'm not excited about him. It's more of a PPR play. But if you're desperate for a tight end or if you, you know, mistakenly drafted Kyle Pitts, Cole Turner is an option this week. I'd rather play Cole Turner than Kyle Pitts. I'd rather play anybody than Kyle Pitts every week. <laughs> every week. Like any He's name. He's the Pitts, man. Any name you give me. I just, I don't want Kyle Pitts. He's the ever Pitts. Ever on my team. Yeah. It has, like, I'm not crapping Kyle Pitts' talent. It has everything to do with his situation. But do you have anything else you want to talk about before we end week four Ooh. of our ranking? 
No, I, I'm I think, excited. We'll I think we hit on a lot here. If you have any questions, feel free to hit us up on Twitter. Uh, we'll give us, we'll give you our handles here in a second, but also don't forget to, you know, read all of our work that we work really hard on. So tomorrow or on Thursday, whenever you're listening to this, I post my fire and ice article on the game It's every single player. I put them into little categories, whether how I feel about them with emojis, week. with emojis. It's a fun time. And I give you my top starts and sits of the week as well in that article. And then on Friday, I give you my top sell highs and buy lows of the week and kate you have a ton of work that comes out every week yeah um tweet or post a lot about the steelers over at behind the steel curtain.com uh every thursday i have a weekly bus article coming out for yahoo fantasy every friday i have an in case of emergency waiver wire ad which if you're in like a pinch for injuries or if something goes wrong this weekend i've got you covered with like some very disgusting, but viable fantasy options for your team. Yeah. And people probably would have thought Devin Kane was uh, gross. I, yeah. I think I just said that wrong still. I will learn it. I uh-huh. promise. Again, if you want to ask us any questions before kickoff on Sundays, you can find me, Michelle, on Twitter at Ball Blast em, Ball Blast E-M. And you can find me, Kate, at Kate Majuk. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye.